This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have two quick and dirty tips. One about who versus whom, and one about the word pre-order. And a tidbit about weasels, ferrets, and badgers. And now, on to who versus whom. When you're trying to figure out whether to use who or whom, it helps to know the difference between subjects and objects, because you use who when you're referring to the subject of a clause, and whom when you're referring to the object of a clause. In other words, who is a subject pronoun and whom is an object pronoun. Here's a simple explanation. The subject of a sentence is doing something, and the object of the sentence is having something done to it. For example, if Squiggly calls Aardvark, then Squiggly is the subject because he's the one doing the calling, and Aardvark is the object, because he's the one being called. Squiggly's the subject because he's taking action, and Aardvark is the object because he's the recipient of the action. Okay, my guess is that when people ask about who or whom, most of the time they're really just curious about whom, because that's the less common word. You tend to look at sentences and think, is this where I need a whom? Not, is this where I need a who? So remember to use whom when you're referring to the object of a sentence. For example, it's whom did you squish if you're trying to figure out that I squished squiggly because whom is the one being squished, the object of the squishing. Here's another example. It would be whom do you love because you're asking about the object, the target of the love. I know, it's shocking, but Bo Diddley was being grammatically incorrect when he wrote the song, Who Do You Love? It's Whom Do You Love? Not the song, but the correct sentence. So, when do you use who? If you're asking about the subject of these sentences, then you'd use who. For example, who loves you? And who squished squiggly? In both these cases, the one you're asking about is the subject, the one taking action, not the one being acted on. The person doing the loving and the person doing the squishing. They're the subjects, so you use who. Still too hard to remember? Okay, 
Here's a quick and dirty tip that doesn't make you think about subjects and objects. Like whom, the pronoun him ends with the letter M. When you're trying to decide whether to use who or whom, ask yourself if the hypothetical answer to the question would be he or him. And if it's him, you use whom. And they both end with the letter M, so that helps you remember. For example, if the question is, who did you squish, or whom did you squish, the answer could be, I squished him. You have a him, so you know the right pronoun is whom. Whom did you squish? That's the trick. If you can answer the question with him, then use whom. And it's easy to remember because they both end with M. Here's another one. If the question is, who loves you, or whom loves you, a simple answer could be, he loves me. Not him, he. This time, you don't have a him. Your answer is he. He loves me, not him. So you don't have an M. So you know the right choice is who. That trick, which I sometimes call the hymlic maneuver, works because, like whom, him is an object pronoun. So you're using it as a test case for your sentence. If your answer has a him, it's telling you that you need the object pronoun. Whom. So even if you don't know it, when you use the hymlic maneuver, you're distinguishing between the subject and object. Next, I have another quick and dirty tip. This one is about the word pre-order. My friend Corey Stamper, a lexicographer at Merriam-Webster, has a new book coming out in March called Word by Word, and I'm looking forward to reading it and I want to support her. So I pre-ordered it, and then I tweeted about pre-ordering it, And then I got a comment that I remember getting when I was talking about my own books, that the word pre-order is redundant, because you can really only order something. That when I click the buy button, I'm ordering, not doing some kind of action that comes before ordering. And I completely get what people mean. I do. But pre-order has a different meaning in the publishing world. It specifically means to order a book before its publication date. And besides writing a review, pre-ordering a book is one of the best things you can do to help your author friends. Because bookstores look at how many pre-orders a book has when they're deciding how many to order for their stores. Pre-orders can also help a book get on the bestseller lists. Because all those orders that come in during the pre-order period get tallied the week the book is launched. And the bestseller lists are based on how many books you sell in one week. So if you have a thousand pre-orders, and then the week the book is actually launched, you sell another 300 books, the sales for that first week are counted as 1,300, not 300. And that could make the difference between getting on a bestseller list and not getting on a bestseller list. The word pre-order goes all the way back to the 1600s, and the Oxford English Dictionary shows the first modern use to mean ordering something in advance in 1937. I've only heard the word pre-order in a publishing context, but all the citations in the OED are about other things. For example, that 1937 citation talks about pre-ordering furniture for a house that's being built. You can write pre-order with or without a hyphen. 
The OED uses a hyphen, but the Merriam-Webster online dictionary does not, and the AP Stylebook also recommends against a hyphen. So your second quick and dirty tip for the day is that although pre-order isn't logical, English isn't always logical, and pre-order has developed a specific meaning, ordering something in advance. And if you have friends who are authors and you want to support them, pre-order their book. And now, on to idioms from the forest. Have you seen any mustelids lately? You know, mustelids, the family of small carnivores that look like weasels. The family includes ferrets, otters, marten, fisher, sable, mink, and wolverines. Most have slender tube-like bodies with short legs and long tails. The smallest of the mustelid, the least weasel, weighs less than an ounce, about the same as a slice of bread. The largest, the sea otter, can weigh up to 100 pounds. Now, why are we talking about mustelids on the Grammar Girl podcast? It's because their unique habits have crept into our speech in the form of colorful idioms. Say a friend agrees to drive you to the airport, but now claims he has to babysit his little brother. You might think he's trying to weasel out of his commitment. To weasel out means to avoid an obligation, especially in a sneaky or dishonorable way. The expression was first seen in the early 1900s, and it alludes to the stealthy way a weasel pursues its prey. Their narrow bodies and high metabolism allow them to chase mice and other small creatures through holes and crevices, under dense herbage, up trees, and into water. If you were trying to catch a weasel, therefore, its agility would undoubtedly allow it to weasel out of the way. Okay, remember that weak excuse your friend gave for not taking you to the airport? Let's say you're not satisfied with it and decide to ferret out the truth. To ferret out means to search for the truth and bring it to light. This expression dates back to the 1500s, when ferrets were commonly used to hunt rabbits, and in fact, they still are today. The expression refers to a ferret's ability to wiggle through underground burrows, find rabbits, and chase them out into the sunlight, just like you chase down the truth. And the truth is, your friend doesn't even have a little brother. He lied to get out of driving you to the airport. Now you start to badger him to find out why. Why did he lie to you? What was he thinking? What was his problem? To badger means to tease or harass persistently. This expression comes from the so-called sport of badger baiting. This bloodthirsty and illegal game involves pitting a captured badger against another animal, usually a dog, in a fight to the death. Badgers are normally solitary animals, but when cornered, they'll fight ferociously. A National Audubon Society field guide describes them like this. The badger is a formidable adversary. Its thick fur, loose, tough hide, and heavy neck muscles protect it as it bites, claws, and exudes, not sprays, a skunk-like musk, all while snarling, squealing, growling, and hissing. A poor runner, the badger will back into a nearby burrow and face its tormentor with its sharp teeth and strong claws. If no burrow is available as a refuge, it may dig one, 
showering dirt in the face of its attacker and excavating so quickly that it can outpace a person digging with a shovel. Wow. You may have stung your false friend with words, but you probably didn't shower dirt in his face or coat him with musk. So listeners, those are your tidbits for today. To weasel out means to avoid a commitment. To ferret out means to uncover the truth. And to badger means to pester mercilessly. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. I'm still enjoying your Where I Listen posts on Twitter and Instagram, especially Joe this week, who was listening on a road trip in the Black Hills of South Dakota, which reminded me of a vacation I took with my parents when I was a little girl, and we went to see Mount Rushmore, and those were very fond memories, so thanks, Joe. I'm having a little bit of a hard time, though, figuring out which Where I Listen posts are for me, because a radio station started using the same hashtag a couple of weeks after we did, so if you post something with the hashtag Where I Listen, please also tag me or mention Grammar Girl, too, and that way I'll know they're for me. And thanks for sharing. It's been really fun to see your posts. And remember, you can find transcripts of all my articles at quickanddirtytips.com if you want to follow along or go back and look at example sentences. And you can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. (laughs) That's all. Thanks for listening. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. We can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.